Hello and welcome to the Lancet podcast. Richard Lane here on Friday, June the 18th. In a moment, we'll hear about a 40-year-old drug used for the treatment of gout that could have potential in treating angina. Just before that, some other highlights from the issue of The Lancet, which is dated June the 19th to the 25th. Look out for editorials about the European Working Time Directive, about blood donation and also food safety. In research, we publish data from the Million Women Study, this time concerning gene-environment interactions for women with breast cancer. Also in research, look out for a paper about parent communication in relation to childhood autism. These studies were previously published online first. And we continue in print the tuberculosis series launched a few weeks ago. But this week we're going to discuss an intriguing-looking study in the field of cardiovascular medicine, and that is whether the drug allopurinol, which has previously been used for the treatment of gout, could have a potential role in treating angina. Well, earlier I spoke to one of the authors of the study, that's Professor Alan Struthers. He is Professor of Cardiovascular Medicine and Therapeutics at the University of Dundee in the United Kingdom. Professor Struthers, many thanks indeed for talking to The Lancet. You're one of the authors of an intriguing research article. It was published online recently, and it concerns a potential new treatment approach for angina. Can you just give us some background epidemiology here concerning angina? How common is it, and how is it usually treated? Well, angina is in fact a very common disease. It's said to affect between 4 to 6% of the whole adult population in the United Kingdom. Its treatment uh, overall involves both its prevention and its treatment. Uh, Prevention involves good control of risk factors like blood pressure and cholesterol, as well as a healthy lifestyle. The treatment involves usually, first of all, drugs called beta blockers, followed by judicious use of nitrates, calcium antagonists, nicarandal, and angioplasty. Recent data suggests, in fact, that even with current therapy, About one-third of angina patients in the community still have chest pain at least once a week. And, in fact, uh, 7% are said to have chest pain every day. So there is really uh, quite a lot of room for improvement in the current therapy. And the the real aim overall is for an angina patient to have no episodes of chest pain at all. So we're a bit short of that aim. Indeed. And the reason I think this study looks intriguing is that we're focusing on a drug called allopurinol which um, will be well known to physicians. It's been a treatment for gout for for many, many years now. Can you just summarize the history of this drug and how it came to be that you thought it might have potential within a a study setting like this for angina treatment? Avopurinol has been on the market now for about 40 years as a treatment for gout. It acts by stopping the production of uric acid, and uric acid is the culprit in joints that uh, suffer from gout. Allopurinol stops uric acid being produced by blocking an enzyme called xanthine oxidase. And what xanthine oxidase normally does is convert both oxygen and another substance called hypoxanthine into uric acid. We wondered, therefore, whether when allopurinol blocks uh, xanthine oxidase and prevents uric acid being formed, it will also prevent tissue oxygen being wastefully converted into uric acid and therefore possibly increase tissue oxygen. In a tissue which is short of oxygen, even a small increase in tissue oxygen could be very important. And in particular, angina is an example when the heart cells become short of oxygen, and therefore a slight increase in oxygen may be very helpful. This is particularly when angina patients get chest pain when they exercise. That is the point at which the heart cells are short of oxygen, 
and therefore a little extra oxygen, because the oxygen hasn't been wastefully converted into uric acid, may actually improve the exercise performance of these patients. So you're effectively looking at potentially a more efficient way in which oxygen can be used? Absolutely, that's correct. Can you just go on and, and summarise the, the main design and uh, methodology of, of this study? We recruited about 65 patients with chronic stable angina, and we did a randomised placebo-controlled crossover trial where these patients received either 600 milligrams a day of allopurinol or placebo for six weeks each, and then crossed over to the other treatment. At baseline and at the end of each treatment, they underwent exercise tests, and during these exercise tests, we measured several parameters. Our primary endpoint was the time to develop ST depression on their ECG while they were exercising, but we also measured the time to chest pain during exercise and the patient's total exercise time. Going back there to the key outcome, which you said, which is the time to ST depression on the ECG. ST is the last part of that, isn't it? ST depression on the ECG signifies that the heart is running out of oxygen and becoming ischemic or hypoxic. Therefore, the time to ST depression during exercise is a common endpoint in studies which are looking to assess whether a new drug has anti-anginal or anti-ischemic properties. So in other words, and we'll talk about results in a moment, but, but if, if allopurinol was to be effective, it would it, the time to ST depression would be increased? That's correct. That is indeed what we found. Um, we found that allopurinol prolonged the time to ST depression during exercise by about 20 to 25%. In fact, the time to ST depression uh, was at baseline 232 seconds, and allopurinol increased that to 298 seconds. So that's a considerable increase. We also found that it prolonged the total exercise time and the time to chest pain for these patients by a similar degree. In fact, this magnitude of effect that we saw is in fact similar to what is produced by most of the other anti-anginal drugs that are on the market. In terms of drawing conclusions from these results, what do you think those conclusions are? Do you think it's these, these results should be changing clinical practice or do we need to follow this up with more research? I think our study shows that allopurinol appears to be a, a new anti-anginal drug which is able to prolong exercise in patients with chronic stable angina. It also has the advantage that it's a drug that's been on the market for 40 years and therefore it's known to be a fairly safe drug. It's also, because it's been on the market for 40 years, a fairly inexpensive drug and so it has these advantages over some of the other anti-anginals. It's also very well tolerated, and even the other anti-anginal drugs that we have um, do produce side effects. Beta blockers can make some people feel tired, although they're very effective, uh, and nitrates can give some people headaches or dizziness. So it appears to be well tolerated, it appears to be cheap, and it appears to be effective. The next step would normally be confirmatory trials with larger numbers of subjects, and we'd like to move on to that, but since allopurinol is of no financial interest to any drug company, then we would need to find a government or a charity willing to fund these confirmatory trials. But our results are really fairly impressive, and therefore I think doctors could read the results and decide for themselves whether they're convinced enough to try allopurinol in the patients, in particular those patients who continue to have chest pain despite optimum treatment. Indeed, and of course one 
obvious benefit from the results of this study is that allopurinol, as you have said, because it's been off patent for a long, long time, one of the benefits of that is it's an accessible drug in terms of health systems in poorer parts of the world. Yes, absolutely. Can you just remind us what we know about the epidemiology of angina and cardiovascular disease in less developed settings? Well, we now know that as developing countries adopt more Western lifestyles, they are developing Western-style diseases as well. And coronary artery disease and angina are increasing in frequency in developing countries. And obviously, in developing countries, a cheap treatment is a lot more valuable than an expensive treatment to them. And since allopurinol is so cheap, it may be of particular merit in developing countries for the large epidemic of coronary disease, which they are developing currently. I think that's a very important point to end our discussion. Professor Alan Struthers on the line from the University of Dundee. Many thanks indeed for talking to The Lancet. Thank you. And do look out for the linked comment alongside this research article. Well, that concludes this week's podcast. Many thanks for listening. See you next time.